gentlemen, you are listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello and welcome to another special where we are going to be looking at all the goings on that's happening in this year's coming NXT TakeOver Chicago. I am your host once again, I am Kwakaraji. Joining me, well, we are the dream team. We are the dreamiest team that you can find alive. First of all, on the dream team, he is the king of heel turns. He is the bad scientist. It's James Murphy. James, how you doing? Good. Should that not be the uh, the Velveteen dream team, no? <laughs> <laughs> Given that it's takeover, no? Um, I'll, I shall ask the dream and I'll ask him what he will say about that. We don't want to piss off the dream necessarily, do we? I don't, I don't see that going well. <laughs> not at all. And joining me in the other panel, now, he is the sultan of the What Was Strack Doing movement. He is the most savage man going around. It's a Strack. Strack, how you doing? I'm doing good, mate. Thanks very much. Good man, good man. You ready for TakeOver Chicago? Uh, I, I'm actually more excited for that than Money in the Bank, to be honest. I think we all are. I think we all are. And uh, rounding off our panel, just coming hot off an interview with her first wrestler, she is the bath bomb princess, the luscious girl in the room is Sarah Grief. How you doing, Sarah? I'm doing all right, Quacky. How are you? Cannot complain, cannot complain. So, we're going to get started and show the fat on all things NXT. Now, just before we get into our main discussions on the match card of uh, Chicago, just to make sure that you are all subscribed to us on iTunes or any other Android podcasting sites, make sure you just search Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. If you're a um, bit of a buff on the social media let's be honest we all are give us a wee follow retweets and a wee a, a wee tweet to us or whatever we're on facebook instagram and twitter and it's all at suplex retweet so make sure you get on us and follow the team as well so straight into nxt now we had our recent NXT, uh, superstar shake-up and then amongst that was the nxt superstar call-ups where uh, NXT superstars were called up to the main brand, either Raw or SmackDown. So I thought, because it's been a while since TakeOver New Orleans, we just kind of talk briefly about some of the superstars that have been called up. First thing, I'm just going to go by alphabetical order. Uh, at least I hope I know my ABC, so <laughs> let's hope I've done it right. <laughs> uh, first one I've got on my list is, okay, I've already messed up, but let's go for it. It's Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega. What have you thought of their run so far? And I'm, I'll come to you, James, first of all. There, are, I think maybe they are perceiving a bigger challenge than they actually have trying to make him likable. He had such a big following in NXT, but you wouldn't really imagine that was the case with how he's being treated uh, over in SmackDown. Yeah, essentially, he should be much better than where he is at right now. But crushing jobbers is not a bad place for him. Then let's talk that well, obviously they are building up to him versus Sinkara. At first, I thought it was going to be like, a, I don't know if it's been confirmed for the money in the bank. It doesn't seem to have had that traction yet, but maybe that's something for the SmackDown after money in the bank. Uh, I'll move on to you now, Sarah. What, how have you felt about Andrade Sinamas and Selena Vega? Well, I think actually, I think Selena's actually more popular than Andrade, actually, in yeah. my opinion. Um, but again, crushing jobbers is not really where he, meant is, he should be. He should be in the mid-card picture right about now. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not like he can't do it. I think it's just that language barrier that they're sort of not have a lot of faith in him. 
Yeah, it's it's that weird thing with WWE. Like they just uh, well, okay, that with the exception of maybe like the weird thing is that like obviously there's Nakamura. He speaks perfect English, but the way they're building him up is uh, sorry, no speak English. But the weird <laughs> the weird thing is is that the guy's incredible in the ring. He's got I mean. Let's let's go back to a few takeovers when they had that incredible match with Johnny Gargano, for example, mm-hmm. and with Drew McIntyre as well. He's got he's he's got fantastic matches up his sleeve, but they're not letting him loose. Is it the language barrier thing? I'll come I'll come to your track. Like, what do you think? See, this is the problem that I said with the collapse. It's not always a good thing because you see guys go up and you let. He had a brilliant match with Drew, he had an amazing match with Johnny Gargano, mm-hmm. and now he's kind of just floating in SmackDown. You see, crushing jobbers in this feud with Tankara, that's, it's a bit interesting, but it's not really going to go anywhere. Yeah. So I'm like, why could you have not just left him? And see, even if he lost the title in NXT to Alistair Black, just leave him there for a while, but a wee bit longer. I see exactly what you mean, I see what you mean. Like, there are obviously what Selena Vega does like she's great at doing promos I mean just look at the way she had the promo with like uh, Candice and Johnny also Alistair Black like they were all fantastic promos so we can only hope that something great will come come in the end let's just hope that they're building them all up to something something special in the future now we do go to another completely different spectrum I've seen memes of these people on like milk cartons asking where they are Offers of pain. What is going on? I'll come. I'll come to you first of all, Sarah. Like, what is going on? Where have they gone? <laughs> Pretty much, like they were there for two weeks, showing the, the the big strong guys. But see, like obviously, see going back on Strack was saying, yeah, what the hell are they going to do with half these guys? I mean, you could leave them in NXT, but what can they actually do that they haven't already done? Yeah. So where else are they meant to go apart from the main roster? But the main roster don't know what to do with them. It's the same. It's the same. Obviously, we'll go to it later. But with sanity, they've mm-hmm. not even debuted yet because they don't know what to do with them. Yeah. So um, that's what it is. It's they just don't know what to do with Authors of Pain because you've got a huge tag team division, and at the moment they 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 seem to like the B team. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they're hilarious, but it's the only people that could probably challenge Gray and Matt at the moment would be Authors of Pain. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like you mentioned, the B team. They weren't even at the B team barbecue because, like, although it's not their kind of gimmick thing, like they're meant to be like this pure, like rough, stiff people that just don't take any crap or anything. They could have at least just roughened everyone up and still got themselves over in that sense. But they didn't even go with that. And would uh, I'll come to your track first uh, as well. Would you say maybe like the whole thing with Ditching Paul Ellering at the start? Would you say that was a sign of things were not going to go to plan in the first instance, would you have said? See, that's the thing. I love the AOP in NXT. And mm-hmm. when they said, oh, we're, we're ditching Paul Ellering, I thought maybe. Because when they first came into NXT, they were kind of just rough and ready, quite green. But <clears throat> as Paul Ellering came in, he made them a bit more polished. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe we get rid of Paul Ellering, they'll just kind of let them off the leash. So they'll just go yeah. and destroy people. Don't know. Be held back, no be calculating what Paul Ellen taught them to be, just destroy people. And I yeah. thought maybe that barbecue will pop up and just wipe people out. And you exactly. it'll happen now, it'll happen now, it'll happen now, it'll happen now. And you're just sitting <laughs> waiting and you're like, what is going on? 
these guys should probably be tag champions already. Uh huh. But uh, say they just go, um, we don't want to do these guys. What would they with them? Uh, just like one house shows for a wee while. Well done. Here's so on the back. That's the thing. I don't know. Have they been appearing on house shows? Very few, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which is even more worrying. I know. It's kind of like, as I say, if you've not got anything to do with them, just send them back to NXT. Yeah. Because imagine them against the War Raiders. That's a point, actually. That'd be brutal. That's yeah. a point. And you obviously have more and more, like the big teams, so you've got like the likes of Heavy Machinery as well. So you do have that kind of whole, you do have the two staples that are seen as like the big, powerful, powerhead tag teams and stuff like that. And yeah, you just don't see them in the main state. Like, uh, James, I'll come to you. Like, do you have anything different to say about Officer Payne or what of what you've not seen of them or anything? I don't think it was a case of calling them up then going, oh, um, we don't have anything to do with them. I think they called them up very specifically just for the post-WrestleMania Superstar Shake-Up call-up thing. Mm-hmm. And then they re-evaluated and took a step back and wait. wait they thought, wait, we've got all these things planned they don't really fit in here it's best just to keep them out of nxt because i to be honest i think they've accomplished everything they can in nxt it'd be pointless to send them back just to fight against heavy machinery uh, sorry war machine when heavy machinery can already do that mm-hmm. and then you know you've also got other big people in nxt it's not i think maybe the call-up itself serves as a kind of second layer of protection where it's like you can say they're part of the main roster, but you can still give them time to adjust and also at the same time carry out any storylines you already had planned. So it's yeah. just they're they're sort of like I don't mean to make a pun, but they're kinda of like the B team players. They're just like, <laughs> <laughs> you say they're, that? they're waiting in the wings for something to happen and then they're gonna get involved in a storyline. Maybe the B team is a, a cloak and dagger and it's gonna be it is gonna turn out to be authors of pain who are actually main contenders, but you never know. You never know. And now moving on to somebody closer to home, and it's Drew McIntyre, who's just starting his second stint in the main brand of WWE. Obviously, he went, he took some time when he got released, turned around the Indies, went to NXT, became champion, and is now on the main brand. Now, this guy has had quite, it's, which, I'll come to you first of all, Strack. Would, would you have placed him in the first place as a partner with Dolph Ziggler? I, I would maybe... She's hard to call because he's doing alright with Dolph. Dolph uh-huh. is athletic and kind of... There's that old team. Uh, one's really athletic, high-flying, and there's a big, a, an absolute bruiser, and a, a, just a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. So it is a no-bad match, but I can't see them ever put the tag titles on them. So I don't no. know if it's maybe just to keep Drew safe just now until they see an opening and go, right, we can launch Drew against maybe Seth Rollins for another continental mm-hmm. or even a possibility, it's a long shot, sending Drew after the Universal. That's a, that's an interesting view. Well, at the moment, the Universal title, I mean, it's up for debates, but you've obviously just had the record being broken by Brock Lesnar for it. He's now held it for more than 434 days, so... Yay! It's, yay. it's not the same title, though. <laughs> it's not the same <laughs> title, obviously. That's one argument that people will say. It's the controversial debate about it, but 
could you realistically see Drew as the next challenger for the Universal title? Or would you, I'll come to you, James, on that question. Like, would you, would you realistically see Drew as the first title goes for as the Universal title? Realistically, I can see that being the case. Mm-hmm. I would prefer it wasn't because the last thing I want is the Universal title going to another big guy. I think if anything, they should have the Demon Balor beat Brock Lesnar because uh, as all backstage reports say, Vincent Mann is very hot on the the idea of the Demon. That should be the person that beats him for it. Not one of the bigger guys, not one of the... How do you describe... I mean, Drew, Drew McIntyre almost has shades of Roman Reigns and it's something commentary talk about all the time. They mm-hmm. say he's a guy with all the natural talent, he's got all the gifts... But he's not someone who, you know, has, has, has he, he at least has come away from WWE and come back with new experience. And with the partnership with Dolph, I think he looks good. You like so? I could see it being the case, but I wouldn't like him to challenge immediately for the Universal belt. Mm. I don't think it would look good. It would be too soon. Sarah, what's your thoughts on everything that's been said? And what's your thoughts on Drew McIntyre's run at the moment? Well... See, when he made his big comeback on Raw, yeah. the last person I actually would have put him with is Dolph Ziggler. Okay. He was the last yeah. person. Amen. He was the last person I would have thought he would have went with. Like, I actually would have thought they would have just went with him as a singles because he has been doing well in the past. He was doing well even when he was on his first run. Mm-hmm. He did really well on his first run and his run in NXT, he can stand on his own. Yeah. And obviously I can see what the guys have had a point in saying is that they try and keep him safe mm-hmm. make sure that obviously he can actually definitely hold his own with this now because it's been, it's been a good few years so obviously things have changed Yeah, there's new talent that he's probably not completely familiar with as well so it's to get him familiar with that mm-hmm. in terms they see I can see like I can agree with James I can see them want to put the universal title on him like I would probably say by Mania next year he'll be challenging for it mm-hmm. but I would prefer for him to have an Intercontinental Championship run again, like have half him against Seth Rollins, I think. I think I'm actually getting quite a little bit happy about that match. You like that one? I like that idea. Well, there's the thoughts there. So please retweet. Uh, gonna move it on now to Ember Moon. Now she is like looking at this list. She is the only person that is going to be in a Money in the Bank match this weekend. So in terms of momentum, she is she's. If you're going to say on paper she's had the best momentum of all the call-ups, what are your thoughts on her on her so far? I'll come to you, James, first of all. If you've listened to our previous TakeOver broadcasts, mm. I'm not the biggest fan of Ember Moon. I, I, uh, I know, which is why I came to you first. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's still... She's a fantastic wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, she's a fantastic performer yeah. in terms of work rate and stuff like that. But I still don't feasibly have any reason that I should cheer for her over anyone else. Mm -hmm. It almost feels like there's nothing at stake for her in this match except the belt. Or except the, I want to win and I want to prove myself sort of thing. You know, it doesn't, nothing has yet coalesced to put Ember Moon ahead of any of the competition as far as I'm concerned. I'm not going yeah, to apart from her fantastic skills in the ring, mm-hmm. emotionally, I don't care. <laughs> well, I'm not going to... I never thought I would say this, but please lighten up the room's track. 
I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> he agrees with me. This is going south so quickly. Oh dear. I agree with James. She's a ring presence is boring to me, to be completely right. honest. And as James says, she's a good performer, but I don't, I don't know what it is. But see, to me, I know she's been doing this for a while, and she still seems really green to me. There's times where she'll stop and stutter, and she'll, you see her thinking about what she's meant to do next. And I'm right. like, you're at a level you know you should be calling this off the cuff. You shouldn't be looking like your stutter, or if you pre planned this match, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be, oh, uh, what am I doing next? So it just looks, I, I don't know. See what she could called up. I thought, meh, whatever. Sarah, please bring us back <laughs> up north. <laughs> I beg of you. Well, I could try my best, but. <laughs> See, I completely I agree with the guys. Like she, she is fantastic in the ring, mm-hmm. even though she does still show that she's she's not even been there that long and been training that long and been working that long. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think they sort of heavily rely on her finisher to sort of create a wee bit of buzz in yeah. any match, um, which I'm pretty sure I'm, I've seen bits flying around that she's apparently going to do an eclipse off the top of a ladder. Which oh, which, given that to a rookie for the first time of a ladder match, I can't see that going well. But, but don't forget, she does have that and uh, that experience in the indie circuit. Like she did do a lot of indie work where mm-hmm. there was those type of matches, and especially like if you watch the mini documentary she had, where she didn't get accepted by WWE because she didn't have the diva look, and it was only Paige that kind of encouraged her to mm-hmm. apply it. So she does have that experience in her belt. Yeah. But see, when it comes to see whistling to her talk, mm-hmm. oh, I, I can't. I, I just can't. Like, see any backstage segments. I, I said this on the last one. I was saying I, I went like fast forwarded through Shane and Ember on the last one, and you guys all know that. Yeah. But anytime that she's talking, it's a mute on the TV. I'm just like, no, I just, I just can't. Can I also? Why, can I? Why, why let her talk? The an eclipse. Off the off the ladder, you know what damage the stunner did to Stone Cold's back, and it is a stunner, and it's landing flat on your arse as well. See, doing that from the top rope, probably one of the most guaranteed ways I can think to injure yourself. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like a mini ladder, but... straight onto your tailbone. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a guaranteed injury to me. Oh dear, oh dear. It's not even the tailbone thing. It's when I when I went back to training for wrestling, I watched people try and copy it who had no idea how to do it and most of the time it's just a flying like, shoulder to the person's jaw halfway through so it's even like a stunner it's just a shoulder on the it's jaw. all just how she lands though if she's landing on her on her on her straight on her bum and she's a uh, that's gonna hurt mm-hmm. oh dear well you guys know i'm an ember moon fan so <laughs> you can bring the mood back up then i'll bring i mean okay so you talk about moves she has one of the most fast and incredible suicide dives for example the one she hits on monday night raw just there was just incredible oh it looked really dangerous actually it did look dangerous but it looked cool <laughs> it did look cool safety first i know but it looked cool <laughs> i do i i do slightly value the lives of wrestlers though. i know but it looked cool <laughs> obviously yeah like obviously like um, I don't, obviously I've not had that training so I don't know how much of a botch it was but it did look cool <laughs> it, <laughs> I'll leave it there <laughs> botches look cool now yay <laughs> it's like the anti-botcher mania over here <laughs>
I'll move it on quickly on to, well, can I, because it's an NXT TakeOver show, I'm going to call them the iconic duo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll come to you, first of all, Sarah, because you made that funny rock noise when I made said yeah. the iconic duo. Uh, have you thought their run so far as the iconics, as they're now called? I love them. See, I've always loved them, even since the very start when they first got together. It's fa- like, I was reading online this morning. Yeah. Um, after, obviously, they were mocking all the lassies in the ring last night on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And all you can see is people saying, oh, they're so annoying. Oh, my God, I can't believe how annoying. It's, like, it's their job to be annoying. Yeah. It's their job to make you hate them. I've got so, to say, this Tuesday on SmackDown, when they were imitating the old man dancing and singing <laughs> Adam Mason. Oh, that was... <laughs> it's so cringy, but it's so brilliant. It's so see, funny. That's right. I think I think they are doing well. I mean, I think they've probably yet to find their feet. Yeah. Because, um, obviously, the, the fact that they, they basically squash Billy with mm-hmm. Lana in the space of two moves. Yeah. And Billy is worth more than that, obviously. Yeah. She, was on, like, she was on SmackDown even before it went live. A genuine question, is that squashing Billy or do you think they have more plans for Lana? Because seeing that gauntlet sort of like tag match, for, I think I think I could see Lana coming away with the briefcase at Money in the yeah. Bank. Well, her up. It's are. maybe a bit of both. Yeah. She does now have the Happy Lana Day t-shirt, so... It seems oh, they do, no. and <laughs> and we do. We know that WWE, whenever somebody's selling T-shirts, you're 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 gonna be in the good books. It's kind of like it's like when a shark smells blood in the water. Yeah. See if they smell that money. WWE are going all in. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> you know. So to speak. How about, how about you, Strack? How have you felt about the iconic duo or the iconics, as they're now called? See, the only thing I know, but I've not really paid attention to them, but I don't know if this is right or I've heard. Mm-hmm. Did they appear after the shake-up and then disappear for two weeks later because they both got a boob job? Oh, no, that was back in, <laughs> like back in NXT, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that was, yeah, that was a while ago. Oh, right, mm-hmm. so I thought somebody told me that had done that with SmackDown, and I'm like... I'm no, I'm pretty sure it was Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Alexa that disappeared. But I don't know. It's it's kind of it's quite good to have like a like an actual women's tag team because mm-hmm. I mean they put tag teams together randomly well in Italy, but it'd be yeah. good to see if they were the foundation of like a women's tag division. Dude, that's the thing I was gonna ask. Do you think this is the the start, the building foundations? You've obviously got well, they had the. Um, uh, absolution for a while you've now got the riot squad you've got iconics like, iconics are the true two person tag team do you think they're building up like sarah you're you're the host of our first ever historic women's show do you think historic historic <laughs> do you think that's what they're kind of building the foundations towards yeah well see this is probably why i actually asked that question on the show because obviously you do have absolution mm-hmm. you've got the riot squad You've got the Iconics, and see, obviously, they've been putting together Charlotte and Becky again. Mm-hmm. Quite a way, obviously, it's like the nice VT party that they've got going on. So, there you got, obviously, over two different brands, mm-hmm. you've got four teams ready to go. I mean, it, maybe if they just have it over the two brands and not have a brand specific, because then, obviously, you've got to have the same matches every single week. But see if it's just like non brand specific and have mm-hmm. it over the space of Raw and SmackDown and just make it. A whole women's tag division. Yeah, I, I can see it coming, but I don't see it happening anytime soon. Okay, so in, 
And well, obviously the iconic duo or iconics, they did play the part in the whole Carmela cashing. Cashing. They, they were the ones that obviously beat up Charlotte and everything, and it's their way to Carmela saying that she's beaten Charlotte. So twice. she twice, twice now, twice now. So because Charlotte beat Asuka, she uh, Carmela and Fury could beat Asuka, which is not a bad way of arriving at your hypothesis, but you're exactly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So moving on to, and I say this as I'm dancing to the beat. No way, Jose. <laughs> do we do we dwell on no way, Jose? What um, what do we think so far? He's not really, he's not made much of an impact due to the fact that I'm not saying anything about his wrestling ability. I think he's competent. I'm not saying anything about his ring presence because I think he's actually quite entertaining. I just mm-hmm. think. No way Jose's role in WWE was to be the first, I want to say, Dominican wrestler. I'm pretty sure he is in WWE. Yeah, he is. And that's essentially his role. He's going to be not even a mid-card. He's kind of a comedy character. Not comedy like Santino Morella kind of thing, but Mm -hmm. he's a fun role. He'll maybe Mm -hmm. win a mid-card belt unless he gets some sort of radical character transformation. The sky is not the limit for No Way Jose. Well, and on that, you're, you are the king of heel turns. Would you like to see a heel turn there? Oh, man. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, he's, <laughs> he's just, he's simply not had that one feud. He came close. He was feuding with, he, he had a feud with, I want to say Bobby Roode at one point. Was it Bobby mm-hmm. Roode? Yeah, and that was all right. Like, but he, he was gone from NXT for a really long time. I think he was injured. Yeah. Um, it- People have it, was, he was. it was a surprise when his like promo came up on Raw that he's coming and then obviously came out that like the whole dancing it was brilliant. Yeah, I think maybe people have always said that things work in NXT that don't work in the main roster. I thought they wanted to give him a chance on the main roster instead, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Oh well. And Strack, what how how do you feel about No Way Jose's run so far? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> just the one. Say that. He's just a, just just there he's just background noise I just don't care I see the whole coming out with the party thing I'm like did Adam Rose know how to do this yeah he is the new Adam Rose so I was like, he is the new Adam Rose nah Sarah you're in concurrence with them well see I have been very disappointed with no way Jose's run recently um, I think it's just mm-hmm. because obviously again stuff will work on NXT that will not mm-hmm. necessarily transition to the main roster I think what they're doing is just sort of lightening the mood and giving the kids something to dance about. That's yeah. that thing that they're using him for. Just as like, obviously, you can't help but dance when his music comes on. That's brilliant. I mean, <laughs> if you say that you don't dance with No Way Jose's music come on, you are an actual liar. I would say, I guarantee you, in the next year, a wrestler will come out and during a promo, they'll say, No Way Jose, they will <laughs> guarantee you. It'll be Dolph Ziggler probably because you know how that guy operates. Like, hey, the worst promo. In the WWE, so. Sounds like a heel turn new day segment for that. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how they started. So I mean, I think they could be going back. They could go back to being heels or split up. You know, that could happen. Well, on to the next one. Now these people have not appeared. They've had their promos on SmackDown and everything that they're appearing. Minus Nikki Cross, obviously. What do you guys put it down to? Where, where is Sanity? Has anyone seen Sanity, Sarah? Have you seen Sanity? Well, they have apparently been on house shows helping out Gallows and Anderson. 
So that is where they have been. They have been chucking them on house shows probably to see how folk are receiving them. That's, that is really, really bad because... It's really upsetting, actually. Yeah, the momentum they had, or like, even before War Games, but going into, they were probably the... They were the hottest see, they Yeah, see if... Okay, see if you take wrestling in general, right, and you talk about current tag teams, the most over tag teams are stable. It's probably Sanity, Bullet Club, and Los Ingonables. Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era now as well, obviously. Uh, But they are up there in terms of the most overstables. Would would you agree with me on that that statement? Yes. Absolutely. And also, not only that, despite their gritty nature, their faces, like, undeniably when they left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They made them do a mini re-heel turn when they left. But you know what I mean? They were faces when they left. And it's such a shame because I, I applauded WWE or NXT or Triple H or whoever put them together in the first place because what a booking. Mm-hmm. And now it's just gone. It's, well, it's not gone to pop, but it's not looking promising right now, I is can it? see them appearing after Money in the Bank. See, from obviously reading up on the house shows that they have been doing, they've been yeah. coming in as faces, helping out. Because for some reason, Gals and Anderson are faces right now. They shouldn't be. Yeah. No. Um, so they've been helping them out, so I can see them being the ones to take out the Bludgeon Brothers on at Money in the Bank. See, I would, I would, oh, that, I'd love that. I would love that. That, that to me, like when you've when you've had the Bludgeon Brothers obviously go through like the Usos, New Day, and all that kind of thing, I would have realistically seen the only tag teams that could, like, if you took them raw from NXT. Would it be sanity or office of pain that mm-hmm. could take down the Bludgeon Brothers, or at least take them to a proper task where it's not like a complete squash match? Yeah, it's just Strack. Like, what's your take on sanity where they've been and everything? See, I, I, obviously, I, I know Big Demo really well, and mm-hmm. it was brilliant to see him on NXT and the, the way they put them together with Eric Young and obviously Alexander Wolf. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's a brilliant team, and then the, the way they looked and stuff like that was really different. I thought. This is an amazing team they've put together, and it's something different in NXT. But then mm-hmm. I thought, when they put them a Raw or SmackDown, they won't know mm-hmm. what to do with them. Because the, the, the downside is, NXT is not, to the extent it is, but it's not PG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... But Raw and SmackDown are completely, it's like Disneyland for kids. So, <laughs> what can they really do with Sanity? Because Sanity are kind of are like the purge. Type okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I see what you're stable, mean. but they don't know what, what they got to do with them on the Bojan Brothers. Even they're meant to be wreckers, but still, they've got a cartoonic look about them. So it's like mm-hmm. a, a different time, they'd be amazing and they'd be somewhere to put them. But as I say, the way WWE is right now, I think it's the same as a- AOP. They're like, we can't really let them go for it because it might be too violent which sounds really stupid exactly exactly and uh, james do you have anything for you would like to add on to that point of view uh mostly to disagree with strack in a weird way oh, I, I don't think that i don't think the bludgeon brothers are cartoonish i think they add an element of similarly people like baron corbin bray wyatt uh, sanity. These people all add an element of darkness to a product that is, as I really understand it, is recovering from the post-John Cena cartoon age. John Cena was the ultimate He-Man, Hercules, Power Rangers character, the most cartoonish we've ever had. And Sanity, mm-hmm. if anything, Sanity have the most in common with 
I would say Undisputed Era. A gang of people who mesh so well together. They like, for for example, the betrayal with Roderick Strong. If anyone hasn't seen that, sorry. I assume you have. Um, yeah, let's, let's assume you have. <laughs> it's like a sort of, it's sort of the where will they spring from next kind of thing. Exactly the same kind of unpredictable sort of idea. I think Sanity aren't being underutilized. I think they were brought up for an element of excitement. And now they're just waiting for the right moment to inject them into the product. I think it has to be big when they introduce Sanity. It couldn't just be like Authors of Pain, where they get to come in and showcase their skills by squashing someone. It has to be momentous when they appear. It has to be surprising. Well, on that note, like if you are listening to this and you don't know Roderick Strong betrayed uh, Pete Dunne, then you're in for a lot of spoilers. <laughs> 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 I, I, would, I would suggest turning off and then maybe catch up on TakeOver and a lot more NXTs before you get to this point, because you've missed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> just Let's just assume you're up to date up to this point. Um, so yeah, it's interesting views on that. Like, see what like Strack was saying about cartooning, like, I, I, I do get the angle he's coming from because although they are meant to be seen as mean monster kind of type people, I think that element would have gone further if it wasn't in this current era of WWE. So it does carry that kind of that hidden persona in within there, if you know what I mean. I think I think am I interpreting that right, Strat? Aye, it's like why did they come out with foam hammers? Exactly. <laughs> bring them out exactly. with sledgehammers, bring them out with an actual real axe. Don't bring them out with a, a, a cosplay foam hammer. Uh, they don't have to use them. Mm-hmm. Aye, Just well, like... it would be interesting if they did. But... <laughs> I think we all wish that, we, that they do. Come on. I think the spot on the stairs was enough, to be honest. Like, I'm not having anything worse than that. <laughs> there we go. Sarah and Strack want blood. Right. Of course. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to move on quickly and I've got this one question and it's because of, there's been a few murmurs and tweets on social media and everything and usually now that we know WWE have been using social media for their call-outs and their feuds or whatever, so I'm going to ask everyone, go around the panel and just ask straight up yes or no or whatever subcentre you want to say would you be favourable to the idea of free agent John Cena or also known to Steven as Alan Jones, having a feud with current NXT talent, James. Uh, yep. I think mm-hmm. this <laughs> this is terrible. And I guess my reputation is well deserved. I think him coming back to bury NXT talent would be the ultimate heel turn. <laughs> oh. I mean, think about it though. It's the same idea. He's like, I can't even buy a win to save my life on the main roster. I'm going to have to do the reverse of what the Nexus did when they were supposed to beat me and go back and beat underdogs. It's the ultimate storyline if they played it right. If they played it right and they were smart, it would look like that. They would say, remember when uh, the invasion uh, from Nexus came and they beat up John Cena? Now he's getting his revenge because he can't get a win to save his life because he's old and he's going back and beating them up instead. It's the perfect scenario. (laughs) Sarah, I'll come to you now. No. Just, just, no. Just, just no, no, just no, no. He's had his time. Leave, leave the new guys alone. Leave them. They're, NXT not, is working fine. Leave them. He's not retiring though. It doesn't like, matter. I think I, I don't know. It would give NXT. I don't know. I think it would give NXT a boost. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I've saved the best to last. Strack. Right. I'm going to say one thing. Okay. Do you remember what happened to John Cena when he took on RVD for the WWE title? <laughs> I actually don't. <laughs> 
right? He was in front of an ECW crowd, took mm-hmm. on RVD, an ECW original, for the WWE title. Mm-hmm. He threw his t-shirt into the crowd five and times. Got back. And it got thrown <laughs> oh, back. Yeah. And we were ahead, discussing this on the money in the bank. This seems going to happen. <laughs> I, don't think I don't think they're that rabid in NXT. No, like they would love them, but I think like, they don't need that boost. They already got the big boost <laughs> that they need. Yeah, my, point was, my point was as long as it's part of a heel turn, then yeah. I mean, yeah, if they played it right, I wouldn't say no, but as of right now, no. Yeah. See, my initial thought was no, but then I was thinking, I'm feud with Velveteen Dream. No. Velveteen Dream could do better. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> But that it would like put, a match. Sounds like a chat. But it <laughs> would put him. Oh, but it would put Velveteen so over if Velveteen won and got the better of John Cena in every way. I don't know how how much over can Velveteen Dream really be. He's already mega over. Let's not lie. He's exactly. mega over. But I don't think he can get more. Over. It could be over in the sense of this guy should be winning like top level championships like WWE championships and stuff because yeah he's over in the sense of the fans love him and anything he does but it would put him over in another sense of this guy is WWE championship material if you know what I mean yeah <laughs> ultimate match Velveteen Dream beat his lad John Cena I just beat you for your match now I'm going to take your missies <laughs> <laughs> you've heard it here first <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't even think that applies because I'm still convinced that this breakup and everything's kayfabe I think it's all a work I still it is. Think, it is. this is not a real breakup so that wouldn't even I mean, maybe they could work in but it's all for total, total diva sales well, if there is the chance that they get together, then at least uh, Ryan or other member of the Dream Team they get the opportunity to DJ at the wedding reception. <laughs> so let's hope for Ryan's sake, <laughs> if anything. Right, so we're now going to move on to the matches itself. And I'm going to go straight in and talk about, first of all, Alistair Black versus Lars Sullivan. I'll throw it open to all of you. What do you think of the run-up to the match? And what? how do you think this will play out? Alistair Black's going to win. Aye. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, they, they've done this kind of storyline before. The monster with all the potential and all the everything. But in the end, they lose out to the experience and the prowess and the ring smarts of the other challenger. It, it, it's kind of the same thing that happens. Plus, I think they're quite big at Alistair Black and they're not going to take him off it yet. But I think the build-up's been good. Mm-hmm. How about you, Sarah? Like, what do you think? See, build-up's been really good. Like, they've they've shown off what Alistair can do and his great technical abilities in the ring, and they've also been able to show off that Lars is a freak of nature, and yeah. obviously catching that black mass. That yeah. obviously not not anyone has been able to do that, and not many people have like nobody's actually been able to get up from the black mass. So the run-up in itself has been good. But I think it's too soon to do anything like that with Lars. I promise uh, this will probably end up continuing all the way through to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, oh, it's a prediction right now. Black is winning it. See for a wee a statistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lars Sullivan is also one of the very few men in WWE history to have a five-star rated match by Dave Meltzer. So. Does anyone think that's a product of him, or was it just being in good company? It was good company. <laughs> Sarah was straight in with that one. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. T. Lars Sullivan needs a new look, because I still think he looks like a creator wrestler. 
Moving on, track head, do you have anything extra you'd like to add on your views on this? Obviously, since Lars Sullivan came back to filming that movie with The Rock Rampage, um, it has looked better. But, mm-hmm. as we said, I say, he's needed, he needed caught the black mask kick. Well, they have caught it, just not with their hand. Mostly the face. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I, it's kind of one of the matches I'm looking going, there's no possible way that Lars Sullivan's walking away with his title. <laughs> it just it ain't happening. No, nah, no well, yet, anyway. He'd need to get it adjusted so it'd fit around his waist. No, just put it around his neck, it'd be fine. I was going to say, put it around his neck or his throat or something. Then, then maybe he'd look better and less like a starting wrestler. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Watch the movie Rampage. He looks like that. What is he in that? Is he a person or is I he didn't one know of... he was in that. He's the gorilla. He's one of the monsters. He's the gorilla. He's the gorilla? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, who's the monster among men? Surely they've got the name wrong then. <laughs> I'll Freak of nature. After this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's, that's my thoughts on Lars Sullivan. Then I didn't even. <laughs> well, that's that's an interesting point. There. I'll go around the panel. Uh, Alistair Black or Lars Sullivan, James? Uh, Alistair Black, one hundred percent. Strack. Black. Sarah. Alistair Black. I'm black on this one as well. Well, I'm literally black, but let's move on. I'll pick Tommy in. <laughs> he's he's going old school. <laughs> You're dead naming him. You're dead naming him. That's who right always be. <laughs> now moving on to our next match, and it's for another title. It's Shayna Baszler versus Nikki Cross. Is this Nikki Cross's time? I'll come yes. to you first of all. Oh, who said yes straight away? Yeah. You, you can't even wait for that one there. <laughs> uh, Saying I'll come to you first of all, is it Nikki's time? Absolutely. She's, yeah. like, there's a, there was a reason they, they left her behind in the Superstar Shake-Up. Obviously, yes, I know... That's the re- it makes sense now, do you think it's so? It's not the main reason, because obviously they've got a sort of green women's division now. Like You haven't got really many people to build it on. So mm-hmm. you've, got that, you've got the experience with Nikki, and you've got the... So it's like if you've been watching NXT and just with them right to right now, yeah, it's been hilarious. I mean, Nikki obviously calling Shane's like you, me, title now making Dakota Kai the referee. That was the best thing I'd seen in a while because mm-hmm. Nikki can pull it off. So it's definitely her time. And my prediction is Nikki has taken that belt off of Shayna. Dakota, She's, you referee. <laughs> yes, pretty much. It was amazing. No, so like Dakota Kai is just sort of going. I'm just going to do what you say because you scare me. <laughs> well, see so on that note, I'm gonna come to the King of Heel turn straight off. James, do you see a heel turn in Dakota Kai on this one? No, I think I, it could happen, but I think I think Nikki Cross, no matter what happens, is coming away with the heel. I I can't I can't I, I put my honor on the line here. If 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 Nikki Cross doesn't win the belt at Takeover. I'll record a video of me downing a pint upside down doing a headstand. <laughs> you genuinely think that she's got it. I think she's won. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here first. We'll hold you to that, Murphy. We'll hold you to that. Um, now, Strack, this Nikki is someone that you do know from the wrestling scene. Do you think it's her time? Do you think how will this play out? I think this is well over. It's over. The, it's it's well overdue. Nikki yeah. having that title because I thought she would get it but then they gave it to Ember Moon and I thought well 
Okay. But I, I, just, I just I didn't get that choice. I just alright, fine. That's what you gotta do with it. That's what you gotta do with it. That's what you gotta do. The Shana the Shana Baszler, I've watched her a few times. She kinda just came out of nowhere and also won the title, but I watched her promo the other night and it's like I don't know who's teaching her to do promos, but it just seemed like she did the care. Okay. Just more. They feel really forced, actually. Aye. It's just really lit. Do you know what you're doing with this? Do you need a hand? Do you need cue cards? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember on the last show, you were talking, you were big on Carrie Sane. Does that still resonate with you? Are you still quite big on Carrie Sane at the moment? Oh, I'm absolutely. See, every time Carrie Sane does an elbow, I piss myself laughing. It's the funniest (laughs) flying elbow I've ever seen. (laughs) I could watch that all day. Yeah. And her music's bro. I, I honestly, I'm like, I would have stuck with the belt with Carrie Sane as soon as she won the Me Young Classic, to be honest, because I think she's really entertaining. So, it maybe be Nikki will get the title and then it'll maybe lead to her versus Carrie Sane, or maybe they're bigging up this. Uh, is it Lucy? Four horsewomen. They're from the Four Horsewomen as well. Yeah. Aye. It's but possible. Who's military woman they're, bo- they're boosting the news at Lucy Evans? Lucy. Oh, Lucy. 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 Mm-hmm. I've been hard quite a lot in the room, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, and and also um, Bianca Belair has been obviously having the girl with the longest ponytail I've ever seen. Did you see her whip? Was it Becky yes. Lynch? Yeah. Can I also just say, this is, I don't use a lot of social media, but she and, is it Montez from uh, Street Profits? Yeah, Montez Ford, yeah. They are the cutest couple, by the way, on Instagram. They are so cute. I didn't even know they were together. I didn't know they were together. <laughs> there you go. What's the other... Just so I don't confuse them, because I forget the names of them individually. What's the other one? It's the skinny one. Uh, and Angelo Dawkins. It's the skinny one. Montez Ford, yeah? Montez Ford, uh, yeah. yeah they're, they're a couple, and they are so cute. It's very nice. There you go. Aww. <laughs> Not just the king of heel turns, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, the king of gossip. <laughs> the king of chats. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not for me. That's got to be the one. That's the one. Okay, I'll come round the panel now and just ask. Uh, I, I can guess what you're all going to say, Sarah, Nikki, or Shayna. Nikki, all the way. Strack. Nikki. James. Nikki. We've had clean sweeps so far. When uh, are we go- uh, have, yeah, I think we have. Yeah, we've had mm-hmm. we've had clean sweeps. We've all been in general agreement. This is why we're the dream team. But then. <laughs> It all goes to the pot when we talk about talk, uh, Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> <laughs> but before we go there, we're going to go into our NXT Tag Team title match. Mm-hmm. Now, we've got Undisputed Era being represented by Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. They're the champions defending against Oni Larkin and Danny Birch. Now, what are your thoughts on the build-up so far? I personally think it's been an incredible build-up. I'll come to you, Sarah, first of all, as... You're the big Undisputed Era fan. I have been loving this build-up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loving it. Obviously, like, they just, they did actually come out of nowhere into the tag team title picture. Yeah. Uh, like Lorcan and Birch, but every single time I watch them tag together, mm-hmm. they just gel. Like, they're so in sync with each other. They know how, how each other works. Mm-hmm. And see, doing their tandem finishers, oh my God, it is a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. Like I'm actually really high on them too right now. I'm quite I'm quite split on this match, um, but obviously we're bring, building up. Obviously with that six man tag when they were teaming with Pete Dunne, mm-hmm. it's obviously as soon as they pinned, I was just like that's going to be the match for takeover. 
I was like, there's no doubt about it. Um, yes, indeed. It's just a it's just it's just been so good actually and obviously i, I love undisputed era so i can i cannot i can't fault them although i'm kind of i am kind of you know missing bobby fish right now but obviously because i think they need to kick roger strong out of the picture <laughs> you reckon you know. reckon that's going to happen in the future I when so. bobby we'll fish see, i think when, i think when bobby fish comes back he's going to end up putting him out because it's going to be some it's going to be like what they do with billet club right now it's like oh jealousy or who's in charge and mm-hmm. this that the next thing it'll end up boy fish is going to end up getting jealous of roderick strong and it's going to be fusion between undisputed era yeah and i'm going to cry there we go there we go now we obviously have the factor of we may have involvement from adam cole baby or also pete dunn also known as peter dune peter <laughs> Do you, um, I'll come to your track, do you see them, them to interjecting themselves into that? I mean, don't forget, they don't have a book at TakeOver this year, this year at this TakeOver specifically. Do you see themselves getting involved? I think so. I think, obviously, there'll be maybe a ref bump at some point. And yeah. There'll be a, a run-in for that. It'll be probably Adam Cole runs in to drag Kyle O'Reilly and Tappy, somebody, mm-hmm. and then Pete Dunn will bolt out Set about mm-hmm. Adam Cole. Why oh, I say baby every time I say his name now? <laughs> um, we'll do it for you, don't worry. It'll be a, a, a powder out, and then it'll probably be Undisputed Era. I'll get some form of roll up or something like that, a, a, cheap, a cheap pin. I mean, it's, Undisputed Era are known as quite slick people, aye. and Oni and Danny are known as like kind of strong style strikers. So, like what you're saying of like the referee bump, you can you can just see the referee, example, gets mm-hmm. an elbowed of some sorts, but uh, by accident because aye. he gets pushed or something like that, and then that's where Adam Cole Baby. gets involved. <laughs> how about you, James? Like, what? How do you see this panning out? I see. Well, one thing I would like to touch on uh sarah was saying how bobby fish might get jealous of roderick strong but i think they're going to stay together as a four-man simply for the reason that the team that designs ww music is cfo dollar sign then you add that to undisputed uh, strong riley strong cfos and that is on their t-shirt as well now well it will be anyway yeah, it's CFO at the moment. Like that's something I've actually said to Sarah. Like Sarah does have a new, she does have an undisputed era top, and and I do. Um, she I haven't seen them do the dollar yet, and I was saying, <laughs> let's see how long they hold out for that because that says how long mm. it's going to be. Let's see. I mean, maybe this this is the time if they retain here, this would be the time where they get the new T-shirts. And then Sarah will cry and need to jump back on the WWE shop and get you one. <laughs> I've been told, I keep telling myself I need to stop buying merch. Nah, and they keep bringing out new good t shirts. Nah. It's going to kill my I've, back. I've now got two Usos t shirts that are both down since day one ish. Uh, I only got the second <laughs> one purely because it's multicolored because of WrestleMania 34. So it, it doesn't work, trust me. <laughs> I myself recently bought a, a Balor Club uh, t shirt. But but on, on that note, right? So. To also disagree with what Strack said, maybe Uh-oh. I think uh, all the um, involvement with Pete Dunn or, or uh, sorry, uh, Bobby Fish, I think, or sorry, Adam Cole, I think mm-hmm. that's all being saved for the United Kingdom Championship Tournament show. I think that's the big blowout in regards to that. That's where that's all going to come in. Uh, yeah, they got it's really where that's going to come in. I don't forget, they're going to do doing the tape as Monday and Tuesday, isn't it? 
Yeah. That's Monday, Tuesday. And they are doing British Strong Style versus Undisputed Era. Which I cannot wait for. Yeah. I know. I said that at the last ta- like the last takeover show that we did. That's my dream Undisputed Era versus it. British Strong Style. Yes. That's my dream match, honestly, it is. They've done it. They're doing well, it. See, so see on that see on that note. Would you have preferred, like, obviously, like, Ori Walken and Danny Burch are doing great right now, and it's absolutely fantastic to see them out there, especially like Danny Burch coming from the UK t- Championship and also the Cruiserweight Classic. Would you have said, see when Roderick Strong obviously turned on Peter Doon or Dunn, would you have preferred it to have been British Strong style, or are you happy with the current situation? I'll come to you, Sarah, first of all. Well, see, just in the fact of the lead-up to the tag title match, yeah more than happy with it but like I said when we did the last takeover show that I really wanted British Strong Style versus Undisputed Era and obviously I think we would probably would have preferred that for War Games it could still happen though it's okay <laughs> but obviously I think like it's going to set up obviously for them it's going to be a big massive blowout and then it's going to end up being Pete Dunne versus Adam Cole all over Baby. again in Brooklyn <laughs> Baby you- yeah it's going to be the, ba- the baby and Dunne <laughs> the baby. in Brooklyn <laughs> hey, it's right do you have you, are you in agreement with that statement, or do you have something you'd like to add to that? No, I mean, as I say, I think I pretty much described how I think it's going to go. Um, I don't think they'll bring it to the British tournament because I think they're kind of trying to keep the British tournament interference and kind of brawling free. Obviously, what Pete done done at the last uh, done at the last show, mm-hmm. jumping um, Tyler Bate and that stuff before it. Um, but I don't think they really want that to turn into a kind of brawl for all, they kind of want to keep that a pure tournament, so I don't think it will spill off into the UK tournament. No, there we go. I'll come round the panel now, and then just get who you think is going to win. So, James, first of all. I am casting my vote, Eurovision style. Undisputed <laughs> <laughs> Era. Uh, Undisputed Era. I don't know how you say Undisputed Era, friend. <laughs> Strat. Undisputed Era. And Sarah. See, like I said, I am so split right now. It, it this pick is one, one match. Pick like, one, pick one, pick one, pick one. <laughs> so much pressure, but I'm going to have to stick with stick with undisputed era. They're, they're somehow going to pull out the back. We'll probably lose it in Brooklyn. So, folks, this is a clean sweep again because I'm now <sighs> undisputed era as well. See, I think they're going to keep it as well because Ascension they've got the longest running NXT tag title run, haven't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're going to maybe try and overrule that because. Yeah, again, what happened to Ascension? Longest running mm. tag champions in NXT go to Raw and they're dancing with Fandango. And... <laughs> so. There's nothing wrong with the fashion file. <laughs> nothing right either. <laughs> okay. I know they do like to overrule title runs as of late, yeah. so. There you go. Now moving on, well, our penultimate uh, match on the card. I'm going to talk about this one first of all because obviously the other one has a different kind of build to it. Now first of all I'll kick off with Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. Sarah are you recovered? <laughs> I have only just because like Johnny won but I knew that they continue it. I knew that it wasn't the last of it so I mean it did restore my faith in Watermark. Just, just to let all kinda. our listeners know the Quackeraji counselling service is still available if you need it. <laughs> but you've been very helpful. Thank but you. mind you, I've had, I've had, I was inundated with zero clients. But <laughs> <I'll> be, <laughs> uh, I was a client. I just didn't pay you. It's okay. I know. So I, I, I want to take 
paying clients. <laughs> just to put. Uh, you're the one that upset me in the first place. I should have got that before. Again, you, so. I say uh, you have to bring them down before you bring them back up. <laughs> that's the that's how we do it here. Now, saying I'll come to you first of all, so that you can have time to recover. It's going to be a <laughs> Chicago street fight. Who doesn't love a Chicago street fight? Yeah, like, Chicago probably. <laughs> like I had to absolutely like me being stupid I had to just look up Chicago street fight in case there was some special rule but no it turns out just to be a street fight in Chicago <laughs> so there you go yeah. there, there was my stupid moment of the week now how do you see this playing out as long as it doesn't play out the same way that the Dean Ambrose had a Chicago street fight oh. I'll be happy no. um, but honestly I think they could have probably saved like they've had an unsanctioned match mm-hmm. They've got the Chicago street fight, and obviously, everyone, like, you'll all know my pick, like, as of right now, obviously, it's like, Champa's winning this, so it's going to continue to Brooklyn, where it'll be the grudge match, Champa, Gargano, like, three, and it's all going to come to a head there, but I would thought they would save, like, a bigger stipulation, like a street fight, for, like, the sort of, the last round of, like, this big massive saga, because it's been a year in the war. Like, it has been a year since, obviously, Champa went and broke my heart and turned on turned on Johnny, but, um, but though, fairness, he was wrestling, like, with, obviously, an injury and everything, so I'll, I'll give him that to you, okay? She's, because I'm pretty sure, like, I'm scared of him right now. She's still hurting. She's still hurting. I am still, I am still hurting, because I was very heavily, like, involved, like, in, invested into that storyline, but, no, it's Chicago Street Fight, I'm all for, because... The storyline is meant to be these two hate each other. Yeah. So why wouldn't they have such a big, massive stipulation involved in it? Now, we have, do have an extra angle into this fight, and it's it's becoming from Candice LeRae, who's obviously the one. She's going to get battered. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, she is the wife of Johnny Gargano, and she's been constantly saying, this is not you, Johnny. I'm, like, I don't recognise the side of you. She obviously gets hurt when Johnny is chasing after Champa and everything and it's all playing towards this whole thing of Johnny Gargano being the baby face in this kind of situation now James I'll come to you as the king of heel turns do you see some form of Candice LeRae betrayal at this, at this match? No, if anything I think they will lean harder on Champa being the ultimate bastard and if anything he will actively hit Candice LeRae Oh, mm-hmm. to win the match. I think Chicago Street Fight, Gargano won under the rules. Technically, he used a weapon last time, blah, blah. I think Champa's going to turn full Blackheart evil bastard. And if anything, he's going to hit Candice LeRae because I know WWE have balked at the idea of women being hit in the past. Mm-hmm. But Candice LeRae is someone who has an extensive history of intergender matches and I don't think they'd be opposed to Champa getting more heel heat by hitting her. Well, they did obviously tickle that idea at uh, WrestleMania when you yeah. had that whole squared off with Ronda Rousey and Triple H. Mm-hmm. You did, they did kind of tickle that idea. Well, I don't know if tickle's the right word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, tease, that's the one. Thank you, James. <laughs> uh, Strack, how do you see this playing out? Like, is there something you'd like to add on to that? So, I mean, I kind of I kind of grew up watching the actual era of wrestling, so mm-hmm. I was kind of expecting Candy Slurry to be kidnapped or <laughs> sacrificed to a giant tea or something like that. Champa could date to be an ultimate heel fucker, but mm-hmm. I think it's... She's probably going to get involved, and I think what's maybe 
going to cause the win is she's going to go to Skelp uh, I keep mixing his name up the uh, Champa with uh, with something a crutch or a chair she'll miss and scud Johnny oh that's what I think that'll cause a whole rift between they two um, and that'll keep the feud obviously going between Champa and Gargano so is there general consensus you all don't think this is this won't be over after TakeOver Chicago? Definitely you think, not. You think there's more to the to, to this saga, you would say, yeah? Aye. Yes. Okay, so on that note, God, we're having general agreement on the dream team today. <laughs> I'm going to go around it and just ask everyone, Gargano or Champa, so Strat? Champa. But I would say one thing, I was so tempted to send it to Sarah. See, the day after Infinity War, Mm-hmm. Ross sent me a photo of that watermark of Champa and Gargano at the end of the ramp and Gargano was fading away. He <laughs> says, Mr. Champa, I don't feel too good. <laughs> I was so happy he didn't send that to me because I would have cried. <laughs> I was like, I hit the send button. No. No. <laughs> no. How about you, James? How do you see it? I don't know, man. I think I think it's going to be a Champa victory on this one. I see him pulling out something extra dirty. Mm-hmm. Wait. He's going to do something really heinous and I think he could maybe, the the whole idea, he might hit Candice LeRae and it'll make Johnny so angry that he gets pinned with a roll-up or something, maybe something like that. Thank God. James has got a script mapped out. Now finally in your Sarah. See, I completely agree with James. Like, I can see that going mm. in that way. Like, Candice is probably, she's going to get battered. There's no doubt about it. Like, see, when they keep hinting that she was maybe going to, like, turn her back on Johnny. You can't do that when everyone knows that they're actually married in real life. Mm-hmm. You can't do it to make it believable because no one's going to buy it. It doesn't so make why even bother trying? No, it doesn't. So, Especially yeah, so Candace about is in- the level of heat they've been generating Champa and the way they mm-hmm. made it so open and oh, the fact that he's not getting any entrance music, he just walks out to booze. It's amazing. But can I say, one, one of the tapings when he came out to Gargano's music and he's just laughing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Probably good. Probably good. Can I ask a question to the panel? Yeah. Do you not think Johnny Gargano's music just sounds like a Paramore song? It does. Yeah, it's it sounds very much like Paramore. It's so, it doesn't fit him, in my opinion, but that's me. That's just me. Well, maybe. No, it sounds more, it sounds more fitting for Candice. Well, you it know does. how that whole thing of uh, NXT, whenever it's your final NXT match, you always have the grand entrance. Maybe Hayley Williams will be singing his entrance for him. Yeah. WWE, get a book, Uncle Paul, get on the phone. <laughs> so, uh, worse than some of the intros they've had done by bands before. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, moving on to our last match, we're going to talk about... Just so you know, I'm all going with Champa. <laughs> oh, yeah. Champa, yeah, you, you don't say Champa. <laughs> two for two, three for one, who's... We're all... We're all in Clean sweep! Oh, my God. James Key just, just, like, just wait to the last one. James Key just like turned up to my house and hit me with a steel chair or something. Just have some <laughs> form of a disagreement. I don't know something. Would that give us your address? <laughs> no, I'm not telling you because I know you would come. <laughs> I'll be I'll be wrapping up the show. Then my doorbell will go this year outside. Just story about clutch waving at you like champ. <laughs> champ waves. One hand. <laughs> <laughs> I am not giving out my address. <laughs> right, moving on to our last match. It's cool, guys. I know where he lives. <laughs> Don't you dare say that. Right, last match. Heel turn. <laughs> I 
Penda Stevenson. Everyone. <laughs> I I go there. I'll be playing Madonna for everybody. <laughs> I couldn't hit Gredo. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. <laughs> no, nobody could. Unless you're like Brab or something like that. Right. <laughs> On to my last match. Ricochet versus Velveteen Dreams. <sighs> wow. Oh, oh. Yes. Right. Probably. Right. We've had our 10 seconds of salivating for a bit. Salivating, James. All right. <laughs> James. Hit... <laughs> James, hit us with it. What's been your moment so far of it? See when I think my my favorite part has to be anything Ricochet can do, the dream can do better, and then that <laughs> flip over the top rope just to look him in the face. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I I, I I don't know. Like I can see the build up to this match has been one of the most intense. It's a story of envy. One of them envies the other. One of them envies the other ones. Uh, presence amongst the fans and uh, showmanship. Mm-hmm. It's hard to. This is a match that's hard to pin down and hard to quantify, but it's the ultimate clash of egos. One thinks they're the, the best, uh, almost a Chris Jericho, the best in the world at what they do. Mm-hmm. One thinks they're the best at flying uh, and the athleticism that they possess. This is this is. This is a pure ego match, and it's what wrestling's about. I think this, like, obviously, uh, wrestling's an objective thing. It's all about your opinion. But I genuinely think, and I will be disappointed if not, this is a genuine five-star match in the making. It should be. Mm-hmm. And more. And some. <laughs> oh, six stars. Seven stars, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, I mean, why not six stars? It's mm. happened. Why not? I mean, they're both great technically and they can they do they love their spots i mean yeah there'll be a lot like you you obviously there is that term that's for the real spot face but oh it's definitely gonna be it's gonna be spot face but the spots are just gonna be incredible let's be honest yeah there's no doubt about it this is gonna be a good match see the thing is the good thing mm -hmm. with being nxt spots is ricochet and velveteen will probably go through triple h and and uh, uh hbk first and say to them, they'll give them ideas to tone the spot down a bit, but still make it pop. Mm-hmm. Because when you go through the indies, you don't have somebody saying to you, listen, that's a bit much, bring it back to this and change that to that. And trust yeah. me, it'll pop like anything. And they've not got that filter on the indies. That's how the Ricochet, uh, was it Ricochet Will Ospreay match? Mm-hmm. Got slaughtered because they were just flitting every direction. And it's like, you, you didn't have that filter to say, listen, boys, bring it down a bit, change that to that move that apart and put that there and trust me it'll click together that's the good thing about NXT they've got two guys who have been doing this business for what 20-30 years yeah to say listen go with this change it this way and do that you'll be totally fine mm-hmm. See, on that note I honestly think one of Ricochet's one of my favourite Ricochet matches was when he fought uh, the best young wrestler uh, I, mm-hmm. I really liked this match at the Lewis Garvin oh I mean well I love when that you're match. talking about sports I mean he did obviously do that running springboard somersault into the crowd and well into the crowd into Lewis and whatever and that match like Lewis held his own that that for me was the best match of Fear and Loving 8 and you had obviously the Dudley Boys and Kurt uh, sorry Fear and Loving 9 sorry you had the uh, Dudley Boys Kurt Angle and so on there but that was for me was the best match uh, big well done to Lewis Garvin for such an incredible match back then 
Sarah, do you have anything you'd like to add on to that? Like, how have you felt it from your perspective? This match is a shut up and take my money right now match. <laughs> this is what I pay nine ninety nine on the network for. <laughs> this is what I pay. I don't watch it. I don't. Not for Brock, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Dream, and Ricochet. That is what I pay my nine ninety nine for. Let's just say that. And um, obviously, and, uh, maybe. <laughs> but see, obviously, go back to what James said. So obviously, it's, it was that build up when obviously Ricochet is obviously doing is flip out of the ring without even using the ropes, mm-hmm. may I add. Yeah. It was incredible. It was it was the dream's face for me though yeah. that told that story. It sold it for me. Like you could just his face just dropped. It's like whatever Ricochet can do, the dream can do better. And it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> I can't I can't I can't do that. Has anybody seen the meme that- about that? The Ricochet doing the flip out is the video and it's Ricochet winner of 2018's Moon then. <laughs> so, you, you can't really top that you really can't yeah. see watching them two go at it on Twitter as well it's funny obviously it's like saying that he's just going to eliminate Patrick Clark after what happened on Tough Enough that <laughs> that was hilarious for me and then with the dream obviously making a wee dig at Ricochet in the Indies when he had his mask yeah that is it's been it's been magical it's been great to watch there's one on screen and off screen there's one extra thing we need to look forward to what is the dream gonna wear in terms of his trousers? Oh my god, what's he gonna wear? He's gonna come out wearing a mask. He will come out wearing yeah, a mask. That sounds a bit right, actually. I just hope, like, okay, let's be honest, the dream will obviously get a call up at some point to the main roster. We just hope that. I hope he doesn't. I mean, yeah, but we, I mean, we selfishly can say, like, we hope he stays in NXT, but let's be honest, it will happen because the uh, main. He'll be the Tyler Breeze, don't make him up. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see if he would still be allowed to carry a lot of that character because obviously the main brand is more scrutinised than it is in NXT. Now, I'm going to go around the panel. I'm hoping this one would create a bit of a debate. I'm going to come to you, first of all, Strack. Who do you think is going to take it? Dream or Ricochet? Oh, I really don't know. Um, see... The dream's got a lot of momentum going, but Ricochet's really popular, so it's kind of it's, it's probably on the edge of the flip of a coin. To be brutally honest, I think Ricochet is going to win it because I think they've got a bit more invested in Ricochet because obviously there's a big drama about bringing him to NXT and there's a big hype and build up, so they you kind of really want to lose that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Ricochet. How about you, Sarah? I'm so, so split on this. Like, I want both of them to win. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with Strack. Obviously, they're really, really big on Ricochet right now. And I don't see him losing his first singles match at a takeover. Whereas Dream doesn't need to win. He doesn't need to win to be put over. Exactly. Because it's, it's supposed to be the whole the whole thing... Whatever Ricochet can do, the Dream can do better. So it's going to be it's going to be an incredible match, no doubt about it. This is but... annoying because you guys are swaying my opinion there. See, <laughs> I, I was going to go with Dream, and the reason why is because I think he's due a big takeover win because he hasn't had one in let's be honest a while. He did. Maybe it can go to a new contest. Maybe. It could go so they can saga continues, but. Like they just like proper injured themselves trying to show each other up or anything. It- well, you've you've got to remember uh, Ricochet's actually tweaked his shoulder right. at the at past um, shows at Download, and there are shows in Europe as well. Like yeah, he got taken off the house shows and got flown home, so it'd be cleared for takeover. Yeah. So we don't know if that's going to take anything away from this match. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, well, 
I'll be interested to see how this kind of pans out. I just had a wee line there, and James is going for Dream to win. So it seems that me and Murphy have formed their own tag team and going against you and uh, Sarah and Strack. Why did you guys have to ruin the clean sweep? <laughs> because we can. Face <laughs> track, we don't need that. No, we can be for our own team. With... Uh, we're, we're the new world's cutest tag team. There you go. Oh. I was going to, go, I was going to say the <laughs> Futurama, but we can make our own team with beer <laughs> and hookers. Well, well you guys. You can have those things. I know. You well, guys yeah. can go and do your own thing. That's all good. We had to argue at some point, didn't we? No. Yeah, it's not, it's not a dream team show without a slight <laughs> argument. I wish I wish Stephen was here right now. Uh, he, he didn't even show up, so that's, he's, out, he's out the picture for now anyway. But with that, folks, that's the end of our NXT TakeOver Rundown show for NXT TakeOver Chicago. I'd just like to thank all my panellists. So, huge thank you to James, Strack, and Sarah. Make sure you follow us at Suplex Free Tweets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're not already subscribed to us on iTunes or any Android podcasting sites, what are you doing? Get on it. Billy Kirkwood is going to tell you in a minute why you should subscribe to us and check out our back catalogue in the most funny way. But in the meantime, thank you to my panellists. So thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I've been Quackaraji. Over and out. And enjoy NXT TakeOver Chicago and the Money in the Bank weekend. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d- tips you know what you should be doing you should be going online you should be subscribing you should be listening to the back catalogue of eat sleep suplex retweet whatever the fuck you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now